Olympics get underway, a chance to hear from one of the Welshmen there in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Fiji won the gold medal at men's rugby sevens at the last Olympics under English coach Ben Ryan. This time round, it's a Welshman in charge, former Pottery Blues and Dragons scrum half and coach Gareth Baber. As Fiji once again go into the events as favourites, he spoke to Rob Cole before heading to Tokyo and started by describing his family sacrifices. So they're back in Cardiff altogether and I came back here on January the 5th. I've been here since and we've been blessed in many respects to to not have to deal with the issues that lots of other countries have had to deal with but you know I think there's there's always been an inevitability about it being in Fiji it was just whether it was going to be at the point where enough people have been vaccinated and you know you had that sort of immunity I'm not sure we're we're certainly not there at the moment I'm not sure Mm. that's going to be something that really gets done here you're under enough pressure with the coaching hat you've got on, never mind being there on your own. It must have been, it's been a tough month, I guess. Yeah, it has. I mean, I never planned to be here without my family. Um, yeah. I did come originally for a, few, for a number of months without them. They were in Hong Kong. But, you know, being this far away from them as well is difficult. And, you know, you have a family for re- a reason. I quite like them. And I like being with yeah, them. Yeah, it's great, yeah. And again, they're not sharing in this experience, particularly sort of the run-up to the Olympics, and they were destined to go to Tokyo as well. My wife yeah. had to return. Can't believe she's not going to be going. And yeah, just, I suppose, when you're looking through to going to the Olympics, it was always a, a vision of what it would look like and family being there and sharing that experience. And, you know, they're not experiencing the run-up to it and they're not going to experience being in Tokyo either, which is a real shame. But there's far more people in the world that are worse off than us as a family. And I'm in a pretty privileged position to be doing what I'm doing as well. So... You know, a responsibility of the country and really that's what we're doing at the moment. What's the future looking like at the moment? Are you going to quit after the Olympics or are you going to look to stay or does it depend on results or are you going to say, right, I've done my time here, I'm going to move on? You can't help but come to Fiji and, you know, I've been here for a while now and, it, you know, it does get under your skin. The job is mad, but, you know, that's the nature of what you find out as you stay in it and, you know, I have certainly got an affinity here in Fiji and I think that sort of moving on, my probably my big desire is to be returning to 15s, the 15s environment. I want to continue my coaching. This has been a, you know, a, a different challenge and one that has certainly moved me on as an individual and as a coach. Um, and, you know, I want to eventually be putting stuff back into, into Welsh rugby. I mean, that's yeah. what I eventually want to be and... It's never a linear development when you're a coach and obviously I've gone around the houses in a different way, but you know, I like to think that they've they've certainly given me some different ways of looking at the game and different yeah. people that I've worked with and different environments you work with as well. There is a Super Rugby franchise which is being developed here and you know I'm part of conversations with that, but nothing has been concrete yet and you know, but my family is back in Wales and, you know, we've been apart for many times over the last sort of four or five years. And, you know, sometimes being a coach is a pretty selfish existence, you know, and my family, especially my two sons are at sort of key development periods in their education. And you know, I want to be around that as well. So there's no decisions being made. I'm still investigating potential work here in Fiji, but also back in the UK. And I'm hopeful that either one of those will map out for us we'll be sort of moving on it's a tricky time isn't it because you've got this wealth of experience 
you're still a very young man, uh, but you're in a critical stage in your coaching career with that experience at the highest level. And then you want to find the right job to move on. I was very fortunate originally to be taken into the Blues Academy and then into the senior group. And I enjoyed my time there massively at the Blues. And that moved me on massively a coach, working with people like Di and Justin Burnell and you know, the staff and things at Cardiff Blues. And then Phil Davis, opportunities came up in Hong Kong and then worked with the likes of Lee Jones and Di yeah. Reese, And then, you know, subsequently here in Fiji. And I'm positive, I'm pretty hopeful that, you know, the next challenge will come. It may be not immediately what you know you go looking for and sometimes you have to move sideways to move up as well and I yeah. appreciate that I want it to be right and I want to be challenged as well yeah. this is what I love doing and I've always loved doing you know I've been in rugby environments like most of the coaches I know for the last sort of 46 years of my life it's been, yes. it's been rugby all the way and I, you know I particularly like the challenges especially what sort of Fiji has taught me and Hong Kong has taught me with different groups of you know, how you do develop teams and how you do, you know, negotiate the challenges that are obvious there beyond just what you coach on a rugby field. And, you know, how you as a person have to understand and develop your personality and the way that you deal with people. I wouldn't have survived here if I didn't have something of that about me and enjoy no, doing it as well, enjoy the challenge of it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to be challenged by next. I want to be challenged, obviously, in a rugby environment, but also be part of something really positive like I have been here. Where are you at the moment with your Fijian team? Essentially, what happened was obviously when COVID hit and we haven't been outside the country since last February, which is bizarre for Fijian teams because they're always travelling over the world. But we've been fortunate in so much that being an island and being locked down and not having COVID to this point meant that we could continue playing domestically and training. And so as a management group, my staff, we, we sort of took the decision that we needed to get boys playing. Some of them played 15s in the domestic competition that went into sevens. They've played for their club sites here in Fiji, but they've also then played in certain tournaments under the training group, if you like, teams of Fiji. So we've been really fortunate we've been able to play those tournaments in Fiji and our players have played anything from about 10 to 12 tournaments over the last six, seven months. And that's been great. You know, you get conditioned physically, pretty physically intense competition that you're involved in. Obviously, the players who are in the training squad are there with targets on their backs and people come looking for them. But, you know, it's the nature of rugby that's here in Fiji and the way that we develop that with the referees and the understanding of coaches has been a bit of a challenge as well. And we're continuing to do that. And that's been great. It's been great for the players. It's been great for me to be able to keep the momentum in what we're doing, to keep the players occupied mentally, physically, to perform and be performing at levels and keep on their toes. And that's been really, really positive. But the thing is, we're playing against Fijians. You know, funnily enough, we don't play Fiji in, in the Olympics. So whilst it teaches us to play against Fijians, it doesn't teach us to play against New Zealand, Australia and the like. So normally, as you work through a year, you benchmark yourself against other teams and you sort of move between the HSBC series, you're working on things that get you right for the next tournament and then you work between tournaments yeah. when you're away and all that. It's a real learning experience for any young player particularly sure. to go through. It's, it's almost like a shot in the arm of learning rugby from an individual perspective because, you know, you can't, you simply can't wrap it up. Even in 15, the closest probably you get to 15s is I'd say probably like a Six Nations when you're in a, you're in a, a yeah. campaign and it's squeezed together and you're week after week and the intensity. And that's really what you get, you know, from a younger perspective as, as the development process, which I always saw 
sevens four in Wales. I could see exactly what young players would get from being on the series and how it would yes. develop them, how it would change their mindsets, how their personalities changed and matured. Huge leap for any individual, but certainly when you're going to go and have to perform at the top of your sport. You know, they're great kids and they're great players. This is what you find out. This is, this is why I do love doing it, because I've done it before and I've seen the reaction of the players. And it's not always been positive. You get some negative ones as well. But this is what challenges you as a coach is, you know, being able to place that together under the probably the biggest scrutiny of the lot when it comes to sevens rugby for certain and, and you know, representing the country that we do. So yeah. there's a lot in there for certain that you've got to back yourself to be able to to work to get to point where you know you are performing at the level you want you're not a coach you are very much a, a guru aren't you? you you have to be the gel that keeps them all together and there's a lot of other things other than sport that enter the equation yeah there is you know, I'm not saying anybody who's been to Fiji and seen it I mean it you know and I'd say the only thing akin to it is is how I used to feel probably when I was young and besotted with Welsh rugby and going to the national stadium with my dad and sitting there and when we'd had so much success and coming off a loss and then the emotional turmoil, the trough that Welsh public would go into for two or three days after that. I mean, that's that's sort of what it is here. And I've mentioned it very before. It reminds me a lot of when I was growing up where it was the church, it was playing rugby, it was the village, it was the village pub, yeah. it was the community. And, you know, I still, to this day, I, I love that about how I grew up and I love that about the, the friendships that I still have in Cardiff, that we still have that. And I see it very similarly here in Fiji. You don't see it all around the world. People don't exist like that. And there is a real connection with Sevens Rugby in Fiji beyond just the fact that they're good at it. One of the things that Fiji prides itself on, and that connection, as I said, of, of faith, um, of the community, particularly the love of country, is all wrapped up in you know, the successes that they have had of a country of less than a million to be able to have done what they've done has been sensational. And um, I take my hat off to all those coaches that have run this gauntlet previously. That's sort of what you're representing, not just when you play, but, you know, every day that you're here and, you know, the scrutiny you're under and examples that you have to give and show. And no, that, that bit of it has been hard, but... The reality is that, you know, when it when things are hard, that, you know, always, I always understand that I am growing myself. I mean, have you had much pressure externally or, or internally to bring other people back in? Or is there anyone who was still around um, or have they just all gone on to 15s? Most of them. I mean, in, you know, the, the majority have gone on to 15s. There's the MLR now in America where a number yes. of them went as well. The sevens here, because of this, the level of quality of player that keeps coming up, you know, you really have to be on top of your game. And it's so intense here that you don't get a lot of them that do double cycles, you know, eight years instead of four. Uh, likes of Asia Colonisau went over to America. Chasa Veramalua went over to America. You know, you had people like Semi Kunatani, Leone Nakarawa, Mata, all sort of taking up 15s contracts, courtesy of how they developed their 15s game and their 7s game. The Olympics gave them a, a leg up again, eh? So... Yeah, it moves on pretty quickly here. And that's yeah. the sort of glutton sevens players that are around. And that's, a, you know, to me, that's a good thing. You know, I, I don't see, you know, okay, other teams are going to have experience. But that's been the case since I got here. You know, we've gone into tournaments, you know, in the bottom two of experience and, and one tournament. And so they know how to win here. They know the level that they've got to go and represent. And even though some of them, you know, may be young in years, 
they have a hard upbringing in terms of sevens here and they, yeah. they have to earn their spurs. When you go in sometimes to big competitions with that innocence stroke naivety, you know, you've almost gone and won a tournament and walking off before you realise what's happened and you've just done what you do at home sort of thing. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit, I suppose, of the positive conditioning that they get here. That sort of mental preparation for playing pressurised tournaments at that level and yeah. the sort of 10, 11 tournaments that they've played and the ones that we've played certainly as Fiji, we've won. But we haven't won them well and we've been pushed all the way by teams. We've had to kick and bite and scratch to get ourselves through pool games. And you know what that builds is is such a resilience in terms of being a group of people. Because every the funny thing is everyone wants us to lose. They want to see an upset. They want the wardens or they want the police or they want uh, the fire service or Tamandamus, who's a local. They want them to beat us which is great because then you're enemy number one when you take the field and they want the press to say Gareth Baber's got it wrong and he has it because that's part and parcel of the whole thing and I get it, I get it. Ultimately, it drives me as well to make sure that me and the players, you know, are aware of that and, you know, there's there's huge learning in there. Ben Ryan had to go through the, the hope and expectation but it was a bit of a trial thing, the sevens in Rio. You've got a real sword of Damocles above your head, haven't you? One mission for the whole of the Fijian Olympic team. Uh, and that comes down to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people have said to me, you know, <laughs> you've got a, an enviable job, but I don't see it like that. I don't think if you coach, you don't see it like that. You, if you do, you're not going to compromise the way you do things. I, I've got a very clear view on how I want to play. I've got a very clear view on the people I want around me to make that happen and the sort of players and the values that the group have and, and the quality of rugby that we need to play. And, all I'm interested in is that process of getting that right. And the biggest challenge for me is the Olympics. And again, it's for media and public alike to speculate and have a look at what could possibly happen. And I'm not, I'm not taking myself out of that equation. I know exactly what's in front of me, but that's what we do it for. You know, that's when I look at Warren Gatlin with Wales and Six Nations and I look at him taking on the Lions and going to say all of those sort of things. Every other coach that I see down in New Zealand, or that's what you want to be doing. And, you know, you don't always get it right. You know, you have to have a look and reflect and get yourself back into position and go again. And for some people, that's what they want to do. And other people don't want to have that in their lives. Well, I don't know, for some bizarre reason, that that's what makes me tick. So... Going and doing this, Ben did a fantastic job of what what he did. This is a different job again. It's unique. It's a one-off event that I'm getting involved in. And, you know, you're almost in a position that, right, everything you've done as a coach now gets tested. And, you know, obviously the intention is to win everything I do. But I'm also a human being and I realise that that doesn't often work out that way. And the best coaches in the world are the ones that can rationalise both success and defeat and be able to see how you keep to the process that has, has developed you so far. Some people might think that it's an unenviable job. Everybody would want the group of players you've got. Yeah, yeah. Sure you know, would, I mean, yeah, and everybody would want that group of players and, and that spirit and, and the whole nation behind it. Can you get the best out of this group, do you think? I mean, given all the pressures and difficulties that there have been? We've done a huge amount of work with them in relation to not just a mental understanding of what the pressure is going to be and how they manage that. But, you know, also in terms of that development as a group as well and how being part of this group, this team, what we represent and particularly how we want to go and play the game and how we have those learnings within game strategies, mental strategies, you know, all that stuff we work particularly hard on. 
you obviously look back on what you've done previously and situations you found yourself in previously. And I've always known that Fijian boys, one, we all know they can play rugby. And I suppose the biggest thing that everybody says is, you know, what team are you going to get coming out of the change rooms? Are they going to be fast starting? Are they going to be slow? Are they going to, you know, that's a big part of what we worked on. But what I do know is that they learn particularly quickly. And what the work we've been doing is been around delivering for six games. And we know that that's what we've got to go and do. And so, you know, we're building everything in, into that. And I know that when we're under pressure, when things are really under pressure, they know how to stand up. The biggest challenge we have is when you're not under pressure and there's an expectation around you. So that bit, I think, actually gives you a little bit of an impetus and a motivation to, to say, right, OK, we're in, we're in a corner here. We've got to come out and we've got to make sure that we deliver for these six games. And you, know, you build that into your messaging, you build it into the development, your mental skills within your, your sessions and your training of your leaders and then building in the, the sort of why, what you are as a culture and how that represents the people that you are. And, and you know, to me, that is the key of being a, you know, a head coach is, is seeing all those component parts and then being able to nudge them and squeeze them and pull them together and make them stand up when you need them most. And that's what the Olympics is going to be for me is, is challenging that and testing that. Then, you know, I've got a bank on us getting that right. How much reference is there? around the country or from your leaders to what happened four years ago? Well, it's been mentioned every day since I got here. Um, (laughs) No, there is. And, you know, you can't escape it. But actually, it gets normalised. It almost becomes part of the process. We don't talk about it too much. And when we do make reference to it, it's for the right reasons. You know, the quality that that team showed and, you know, what Ben was able to create with them and, you know, our ability to go and defend that. And that's sort of, it's, it's almost a normal conversation rather than it being this thing. And I was conscious of that from the off, about it's this thing that's shut away, that's sacrosanct, that you're not supposed to talk about. No, it's very much part of what we do, part of where we want to get to. As a, and I think you've got to, in coaching, you know, obviously you don't obsess about it, but we know those players. I've coached numbers of those players, not all of them. I know what they were capable of and I know what this group was capable of. And, you know, we're a different team, but our standards, you know, are those ones that won a previous gold medal. And, you know, we want to emulate that. And at times over the last sort of three or four years, we've, we've certainly done that. And at other times, you know, we've had to take our medicine and learn and develop. And I think that, you know, we're going through that process at the moment, um, which happens to all teams when they're training. I think after the gold medal win in Rio there were two weeks of national celebrations or longer. Are you saying that if you win in Japan, when you come back, you're going to have to go into lockdown for two weeks? Yeah, we'll go straight to quarantine. <laughs> All the celebrations we have to be through perspex or glass and then wait and see what happens after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they look, there's, there's no way. You've obviously got to abide by that, the way things are here at the moment. And we respect that. You know, We don't want to put anybody under any situation they don't have to you know there's some people who are very vulnerable in this this country and the last thing that we would want to do is put people at risk so on a personal level how excited how nervous how uh, touchy are you at the moment i'm more focused and stressed on all those logistics you're just talking about you know we're talking about you know what it's like you're going to go and do something but to get there you've got to make sure that all this bit stays right first and whether it's flights or accommodation, whether it's visas, whether it's COVID certificates, whether it's vaccines themselves, it's, it's clothing, it's moving from city to city. 
we don't have a huge number of staff that are making this happen for us. This is very much down to the core group of five staff that we have. That's the biggie. That's the sort of thing making me probably a little bit nervous. You drop the ball on something, you know, and I think that the excitement is, is that I'm confident that we're moving well as a team. I think that the coaches are doing a great job. We're not settling at all. We're always on the look for what is going to make us better. And, you know, the players certainly feel that at this point that is sticking to the DNA of, of, of Fijian rugby, but also moving us on, moving the players on in their learning of what that game is going to look like under the pressure against the best in the world and you know, having the confidence to deliver that and play with that freedom. And, and that's what we want to see. And I enjoy that chat. That's the bit that excites me the most is that I don't know what the Olympics, I haven't coached in the Olympics before. I have done the Commonwealth Games, but you know, none of us know really what's Tokyo going to hold for us. And that's from the village experience right through to the tournament competition as well. And, you know, we obviously intend on winning this tournament. And really, my mindset has always been around, you get the, I know it's an old adage, but you get the process bits right. Focus on that process and you still are able to measure that process and move with that process. Then you'll get yourself some way towards fulfilling that intention. So the intention is to win. There are something like 220 Welsh athletes who've been to the Olympic Games and not many coaches. So okay. you're, you're in a pretty small group and there are only, I think, about 15 people have won Olympic gold medals. You could aim high and, and join a very elite group. Yeah, it would be nice. And look, if that happens, then great. But it's been part of doing what I do here. And I've been lucky to, to get the feedback, as you said, working with these athletes and the staff that I have here and support of family alike. You know, that's what you remember if you get into yeah. situations like that. You know, obviously, I'd be lying if I said, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be there. But ultimately, you know, my job is to make sure that, you know, I keep everybody's feet on the ground. We keep working in the direction we need to get to and not get carried away with that. And I'm very good at getting carried away. Don't worry about that. Um, so <laughs> if that happens, yeah, certainly there'll be a celebration. Have you identified which part of which island you want to have and what your chief's name will be, as with Ben Ryan? Uh, no, none of that goes on. I think in fairness to Ben, that's sort of high uh, regard he's held here in Fiji for what he achieved for the country of Fiji. And, you know, you can see that why that is and why people appreciate it so much. You know, it's a country where people have very little. And what they do have is this connection with, with their rugby team, what their rugby team represents for their nation. And, you know, what I really want to do is be able to do that again for the people of Fiji. And, you know, obviously for those players who have put so much into it and the staff as well. And Fiji probably will be everyone's second team. A fascinating picture of a different but similar rugby culture. Keep listening for your weekly fix in next week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.